Holy force, it is a good week to be a Star Wars fan. On Thursday, Disney dropped some major bombs with some huge announcements about a massive expansion of the Star Wars universe. And we're going to break it all down for you here on the greatest Star Wars podcast in the galaxy, Han Talks First. Get excited. Welcome back, everybody, to Han Talks First. I, of course, am your host, Han, and I'm so happy you're joining us today on this lovely Wednesday. I hope you're having a great week. If you're new to the channel, welcome, and we're so glad to have you here. If you are a senior visitor to the Han Talks First podcast, welcome back. So glad you've stuck with us for almost two years now, which is pretty exciting. So I'm welcoming all the new people because the podcast has had a spike in viewership recently, which I'm not complaining about at all. I love that you're all here. Welcome. The force is with all of you. And I don't know, the YouTube's been doing really great. If you haven't seen it yet, I just put out a top 10 crazy facts about Ahsoka Tano. And last I checked, it was at 1,700 something views, which is kind of insane to me. I know that's not, you know, any crazy big number, but, um, it's the highest viewed video on the YouTube so far. We're primarily a Star Wars podcast. So my main focus will always be here on the Spotify, Google, Apple, Stitcher, Outcast, whatever you listen to the podcasts on. Don't worry. You're my first priority and you'll always get the content first and the extra content here all at once. So yeah, thank you so much for everyone who has just joined us. So happy to have you. Been getting a lot of love on Instagram, a lot of new fans, a lot of foreign fans, um, which is fantastic. I'm so, uh, I'm so thrilled. You guys are making this extra special for me. And not only do I get to talk about what I love, but I get to share it now with even more people. So I'm really happy. And a lot of people love that Ahsoka episode I did. So I'm so glad you liked it. And I'll be doing some more top tens going forward, just because it seems like that's what you guys like. So let's move on to what you're all here to listen to today. And that is the Disney Investors Day call, where they dropped all this major news, which happened on Thursday. And this Investors Day was poised to increase stock and shares to investors of Disney and to create interest in f- the future of the company. I watched the entire four-hour presentation on Thursday, <laughs> and it may seem like a, you know, kind of overdoing it, but I actually enjoy that kind of stuff. You know, the first half of it was talking about marketing and business strategy and how investing could benefit those people. And, and I don't know, I just really enjoy that kind of stuff. And if you're wondering, no, I'm not a shareholder in Disney. I do not have stock in Disney, but boy, after listening to that, I sure wish I did have some kind of investment because the amount of news they dropped was overwhelming. Seriously. I'm like stressed out about all the stuff. I'm intimidated by all the new content and it stresses me out because I, I'm wondering where am I going to find the time 
to watch all of this stuff. And I'm not just talking about Star Wars. They announced 10 new Marvel shows, 15 new Pixar shows, new movies, original series, and like so much more. Not just for Disney, but for Hulu and FX and Star and all this other kind of stuff. And you know that night all the other studios in Hollywood were spending that night crying alone in their bedrooms because of the amount of the gargantuan amount of stuff that Disney just dropped. And of many of the exciting announcements Disney made on Thursday, none of them came close to the bulldozer of announcements that dropped about Star Wars. And Star Wars fans around the world shared screams of excitement when they heard Hayden was coming back as Darth Vader. Patty Jenkins was directing a Star Wars movie. Rosario Dawson is getting her own series as Ahsoka Tano. And thanks to The Mandalorian, we have begun an entirely new era for Star Wars. So here is a list of everything that is coming in the next decade of Star Wars, all the stuff they announced. And after I tell you all the stuff, then we're going to break each one down and talk about what we can expect from it. So first we have Rangers of the New Republic, which is set in the timeline of The Mandalorian. Next is the Ahsoka Tano TV show, also set in the timeline of The Mandalorian. We have Star Wars Visions, which is an original series of animated short films celebrating Star Wars through the lens of the world's best Japanese anime creators. We have the Lando series, which is coming out. There's also a Star Wars A Droid Story, which will be animated. There's another movie that's announced, which is Rogue Squadron. That's the Patty Jenkins film. We have the Cassian Andor TV show, which we knew about, but we finally got to, I guess, get it confirmed at this point. And then we also have the Obi-Wan show. Well, while we knew that was coming... The announcement that Hayden was going to make his return to Star Wars is what got fans riled up about it. And then we have the new TV series called The Acolyte, which is headed by Leslie Headland. We also have the, we got a trailer for The Bad Batch, and then we got a little tease about the new Taika Waititi movie. That's 10 new shows and two movies. You see why I told you it's a good week to be a Star Wars fan? So before we continue on, we're going to go into our first segment of the show. Star Wars Replay! Star Wars Replay is where we replay major moments and events that happened this week in Star Wars history. And this week, back in 1915, Leah Brackett was born. Leah Brackett is the woman who penned the first script of The Empire Strikes Back. And she is the one who came up with the idea that Darth Vader should be Luke Skywalker's father. Following that in 1980, The Empire Strikes Back opened up in Holland and Germany and Austria for the first time. In 1999, Rogue Squadron was released on Xbox for the first time. In 2008, the complete Star Wars encyclopedia was published. And finally, in 2014, JJ and Kathleen Kennedy released a series of eight mock trading cards that revealed the names of several characters in The Force Awakens. That's it for Star Wars Replay. Tune in next week to find out what major moments and events happen next week in Star Wars history. Okay, so let's talk first about Andor, the new series coming to Disney+. Plus. It is a Rogue One prequel series, and it's going to focus on Diego Luna's character, Cassian Andor, who was also in Rogue One. And it's currently in production. It actually started two weeks ago, and it will debut in 2022. So we got about a year to wait. And honestly, when I first heard about the show, I was like, why? Why? 
why are we getting uh, why are we wasting all this money to do a show on a character that we saw in a movie that was kind of an off tale and it it was a character that i think wasn't very important to that story or very <laughs> very valuable but after seeing this announcement and seeing the little sizzle reel they put together with the concept art and the creature designs and knowing that it is having the budget of a feature film kind of makes me a little bit more excited. But we don't know much else about this except for the fact that it is a prequel series and that it's penned by Tony Gillian, the man who wrote and uh, co-directed the Rogue One movie. And he's a, he's a great filmmaker. He has a very impressive resume and um, very excited to see what he does with this show, especially since he is going to showrun it and write most of the series. It is a little weird that the director from Rogue One is not involved with this at all. However, I still believe it's going to be a pretty great show. Let's go ahead and jump into the Obi-Wan series. The, I guess they're calling it Obi-Wan Kenobi now. Um, and this is what I think fans are most excited about because we got the announcement Hayden Christensen reprising his role from the prequel trilogy as Darth Vader slash Anakin. And this one is also going into production in March of next year. So it's coming up pretty close. This is the greatest announcement we got from this, this uh, little Investor's Day call. And everyone was so excited about it and it's justified too because <laughs> this is something that people have wanted for a very long time because I was actually talking with my friend earlier about this announcement and he was saying you know it's really great to hear that he's coming back to do something because he kind of like disappeared from the world after the prequel movies and no one really saw him or heard of him he did like you know, these small little films here and there. But yeah, he did Revenge of the Sith, he did Jumper, and then he kind of disappeared. And I, a lot of people don't like his acting as Anakin Skywalker in the prequel trilogy. Now, while I do agree with some of that, I do love the fact that he's coming back and he gets that second chance to like prove that he's a good actor and maybe with a little bit better direction, he'll be able to bring a new side to this and show off some of his acting chops. We do know that the show is going to be directed by Deborah Chow, who directed two episodes of The Mandalorian in season one. She is a great director. She has this really long history of directing in TV shows. Now, this was originally supposed to be a movie, and we know that after the events of Solo, A Star Wars Story, and how it kind of bombed and got poor reception at the box office, that, that is what made the decision to move Obi-Wan Kenobi from a movie to a TV show not just a TV show, but a limited series. And uh, apparently it is six episodes long. Each episode will be an hour, unlike the Andy and Andor show, which it will be 12 episodes. So it's a little weird. That one's going to be a little longer. But the theory is that that is also going to be a limited series. But yeah, so what's going to happen? We have Vader and we have Obi-Wan together again. And the closest thing I can think of is that this will be the past that was mentioned in A New Hope when Vader says, I haven't felt this presence since, since when, since what? We thought it was Mustafar, but now it could be something else. I was a little hesitant at first when they first announced an Obi-Wan series that I, I was just a little hesitant that they were going to use Vader and I kind of didn't want them to use Vader. But you know, now that I see 
kind of what they're doing with Star Wars and how they're how they're writing it and how they're building this universe again, I have a little bit more hope, I guess you would say. But I think Hayden's going to do a great job. I'm so excited to see him. And one thing that was I have that's negative about this announcement is how amazing would it have been if we got this announcement at Star Wars Celebration in Anaheim, like we're, like they were supposed to. And Hayden walks out on stage, and the crowd goes crazy, and you're just feeling all that energy. That's it. That's the only negative thing I have to say about this announcement. I'm really looking forward to it. Next up, I want to talk about the Ahsoka series. This is going to be amazing. We kind of all knew it was coming because Rosario Dawson is amazing in the role, but not just because of that, but because last year, Bob Iger, the old president of the Disney company, he said, going forward with the Mandalorian series, it will introduce characters that will have their own spinoff series. Now, the Ahsoka show is going to take place during the events of the Mandalorian. And another good thing that fans are really excited about is it will be helmed by Jon Favreau and Dave Filoni, both the executive producers of The Mandalorian. They know Star Wars to its core, and I have full faith that they will do it justice. And I freaking love the Rosario Dawson version of Ahsoka. I think she does a fantastic job. But I think this news means we will not see much more of her in The Mandalorian, which saddens me. But this show can't come sooner because I'm so excited about it. The Ahsoka Tano series. This is amazing, guys. Okay, the next one is Rogue Squadron. So this is the movie that was announced to be directed by uh, Patty Jenkins. She's directed the two Wonder Woman movies. She's directed uh, an older film called Monster. She's a fantastic director, very critically acclaimed and just very talented in general. Now, when they first announced the title, I was like, ah, another like fighter pilot movie. Like they just announced this Rangers of the New Republic. Now we're getting another one. We have the game. We have the books. So I was a little hesitant on it. But then they said that Patty Jenkins was going to be directing it. And I was like, whoa, that is good news. And to top it off, I went to Patty Jenkins' Twitter and I saw the announcement she made. So she actually posted a video explaining that she had long wanted to make a film about a fighter pilot. And her father, was it was her profession to be a fighter pilot in our Air Force. And he died giving service to his country in that way. He died when Patty Jenkins was seven years old. And this film is supposed to honor his legacy and bring to life some of the stories that she that she was told by him about some of the real life events that happened and just hearing that in the video made me say okay this is going to be a serious film this has this is going to have heart and emotion and there's more to it than just making a Star Wars uh Fight, fighter pilot movie. This is going to have heart. And this, this film's really going to mean something. Because she said in that video, she's been wanting to make this, vi- this movie for a very long time, but she couldn't find the outlet in which to do it until Star Wars. So this is going to be amazing. If you haven't seen the video, go check it out. She's like, it's one of the best teasers I've seen for a movie announcement. She's like walking around an Air Force base and then she's like, puts on a uh, 
an X-Wing helmet and then she walks up to an X-Wing and it's just, ah, it just makes me so happy. So since we're talking about squadrons, uh, the next one that was also announced is the Rangers of the New Republic. So this is also another direct spinoff of the Mandalorian show. And also it will be directed by, or helmed by Dave Filoni and Jon Favreau. So this one is also taking place in the Mandalorian universe, or at least during the same timeline. So I guess we can expect that this will also have characters that we've seen already in the Mandalorian, such as the, I can't remember his name. He's, he plays Mr. Lin in another show, but the, the Asian man, and then Dave Filoni, that'd be really cool. I don't think he'll want to make a cameo again. I don't know, but, and I do think this will also include Cara Dune because she was enrolled to become a marshal. And then she was also offered a job by that other uh, ranger to join their force. So what would be really interesting, since we have now three shows coming to life that all take place during the same time period, is if all of them mold together in some way that by the time all of them end their series it turns into one giant movie that will release at the finales of each. And it will include the Rangers of the New Republic, it will include Ahsoka, and it will also include the Mandalorian, all leading up to one final, giant, epic, massive movie, which would be pretty cool. One thing I forgot to mention about the Ahsoka series is I think it's going to have to do with Finding Thrawn, in addition, also finding Ezra. If you don't know what I'm talking about, uh, you can go and check out the video I did about the top 10 crazy facts about Ahsoka Tano. Next up, I want to talk about the Lando spinoff series. So this will be um, show run by the creator of Dear White People. His name is Justin Simon. And this will follow the events of Lando Calrissian after the Solo movie. And a lot of people were concerned that it wasn't going to have um, Childish Gambino playing Lando again. But I did hear on, I think it was Deadline, that he will be coming back and reprising his role as Lando. This is fantastic. One of the things that made me nervous after seeing Solo, the movie, was that there was talks already about a sequel for development. While that was never going to come to light, obviously because of how poorly it was received, they were still actively making it. At least they were hinting at it. So it turns out the actual thing they were working on, it was a sequel to Solo. It just happened to be about Lando Calrissian. So I know a lot of fans loved um, Childish's uh, portrayal of Lando. I did too. I thought he did a great job. He captured the Billy D. Williams part of it, but he also made it his own. Another thing I'd like to see from this is Billy D making a cameo appearance in the show. I think that would be amazing. So the other one I'm really excited about is The Acolyte. So this will be a female-centric series, and it's billed as this mystery thriller set in the final days of the High Republic era. And this showrunner is Leslie Headland. She made Russian Dolls. I've never seen it, but apparently it's really good, critically acclaimed. This one I wasn't too thrilled about to begin with, but after this announcement and finding out that this is going to be about the Sith, like deep Sith religious looks on the Force, really hypes or heightens my excitement about it. And then seeing the logo with the lightsaber cut through the middle, 
oh my gosh, sign me up. I'm so for it. Disney, take all my money. Uh, this could be about, it could be about uh, many different things. It could be about Darth Bane. That would be really cool. Like how the rule of two came to be. It could be about, um, I don't know, Darth Revan, Darth Malak, all this kind of stuff. It could be about Darth Plagueis and Darth Sidious' relationship. Did you ever hear the tragedy of Darth Plagueis the Wise? Well, he was the acolyte. I don't know. But it's really cool. And I, I don't know. We've seen six, well, we've seen nine movies about Jedi and Jedi's beliefs and uh, Jedi rules <laughs> and bylaws, and now we're finally going to get everything from the Sith's point of view. So this is a first. This is the direction I wanted to see Star Wars go. We have had tons of books about the Sith and their religious beliefs and the way they use the Force and their, their broader view of how to use the Force, but now we're getting it live action, and I couldn't be more thrilled. Another one that was announced was the Star Wars Bad Batch. While we knew this was coming, we got a trailer. And this is the animated feature or series that, that follows the events of the Clone Wars. And the trailer, it shows that this will take place during Order 66. So the trailer actually looked really cool, I'm not going to lie. I wasn't too thrilled about the Bad Batch. But one thing that's cool about this is Dave Filoni is executive producing it. And I feel like this is going to be the series that The Clone Wars was originally intended to be before they decided to make it about Ahsoka and her apprenticeship to Anakin Skywalker. Another one that was announced was Star Wars Visions. This is an, an anthology collection of short films set in the Star Wars universe from 10 different Japanese animation creators, and they're all going to debut in 2021. My girlfriend was thrilled about this one. She's a big anime lady. And she loves this idea. I think it's a cool idea, too. It reminds me of the Star Wars shorts they did on their YouTube channel, where they replayed significant moments from the original trilogy in animation form. But it seems like now we're going to get it from a more artistical approach, and I'm really excited about it. It seems like each episode will be done in a different type of style, which is really interesting. But yeah, Star Wars Visions. We can look forward to that as well. The last two I'll talk about are A Droid Story and the Taika Waititi film. Now, while we didn't get much about the Taika Waititi film, we did get some cool font, which looked like old 80s comic-style wording, which was pretty cool to see. I think this is going to be a new, fun take on the franchise, hopefully embracing the old Flash Gordon and Buck Rogers type of storytelling. And Taika Waititi, you know he'll bring some great humor to it, but also heart because he knows how to tell a story with emotion. And The Droid Story is an animated series from the Lucasfilm animation side about visual effects team that sets R2-D2 and C-3PO on a new adventure, and probably going to include other droids as well. Now, droids, <laughs> I think this is a remake of the droids animated series that happened a long time ago, and it was kind of a conceptual piece, but there was... Um, I think it was like in the 80s, maybe. There was a series called Droids that featured R2 and 3PO. So I feel like this is a reimagining of that. But that's all of the Star Wars news. I know it's a lot. I know you're probably overwhelmed. Don't worry. We're, we're all in this together. And <laughs> don't lose your heads. It's going to be a great next couple of years. I wish we had more movies. But TV is okay. 
I just, I can't wait to see what the next trilogy is going to be. I, I, I think that's where Star Wars really rings its loudest. And with all this time doing all these TV shows, it's plenty of time to set up a new team to develop a really good story and make a really great trilogy of films. Who knows? It could be episode 10, 11, and 12. We'll have to wait and find out. Now, there is one last thing I want to talk about, and it doesn't have to do with any of the new Star Wars announcements or anything, but it's just another off-topic that I wanted to discuss today, and I wanted to actually bring some awareness to Kathleen Kennedy. So, in conclusion, Kathleen Kennedy, we all know as the president of Lucasfilm and executive producer of all Star Wars content since 2012, she has faced much disapproval and hatred from fans. We hear all the time, time and time again, Kathleen Kennedy doesn't understand Star Wars. She, she's ruined Star Wars. She's run it to the ground. She disrespected George Lucas's original script for the sequel trilogy, threw it in the trash, doused it with gasoline, and set it on fire. What did she do to rile up so many people? And why do people hate her so much? This has been going on for eight years. Prior to Disney buying Star Wars, the company was run by George Lucas. He, too, has a history of resentment by Star Wars fans. Remember that? George Lucas ruined my childhood. George Lucas killed the Star Wars franchise. George Lucas made Vader a sissy. We've all heard it. Is the seat of the Star Wars throne cursed? A lot of people miss George Lucas. I mean, <laughs> I'm one of them. I, I, I love George Lucas. He's my hero. He's my idol. But a lot of people miss him because they want him to return to Star Wars to save the franchise. What's funny is some of those people are actually also some of the people that accused him of ruining Star Wars, which is kind of ironic. Kathleen Kennedy, George Lucas, they have one thing in common. They are scapegoats. When something goes wrong, they get the blame, sometimes rightfully so. Kathleen Kennedy is the person in charge, after all. So, but what about when something good happens? Who's to thank? Well, we thank Dave Filoni for saving Clone Wars. We thank Jon Favreau for making The Mandalorian and carrying the what was the remains of the sequel trilogy on his back and resurrecting it. So I want to talk about Kathleen Kennedy today because I want to really reflect on what she has done to Star Wars, but also what she has done for Star Wars, good and bad. But hopefully I can shed some light on her achievements. So if you're someone who really does not like Kathleen Kennedy, that's okay. I'm sure you have good reasons. I would hope so. But if you're someone who wants to maybe change their mind or hear about some of the good things she's done, well, I welcome you to listen to the rest of this, this episode because I first want to talk about the history of Hollywood. And you cannot, you would be remiss if you spoke on the history of Hollywood and you didn't mention Kathleen Kennedy's name. She has brought to life some of the most amazing movies we know and love. And a lot of us has to do with our childhood. She produced Indiana Jones, E.T., Jurassic Park, Schindler's List. That's just to name a few. She's brought some of the biggest, best, most cherished movies of all time and helmed them from a producial standpoint, from a creative standpoint. She is a movie maker. She's a producer. That's, that's the role of a producer, is to foresee the 
create the development and the creation of a script, finding the team, putting together a great team and making a great product out of it. And George Lucas knew this. George Lucas picked her specifically to run Lucasfilm when he chose to retire. Now, we have to talk about, we're getting to the point where we, people think that Kathleen ruined Star Wars. But when you, when you talk about this, you have to understand that, you know, when she was brought in to take over Lucasfilm, she was approached by George Lucas to run the company, not knowing that it was also being sold to Disney. So she was coming into it thinking that she would have full creative control which may have included the fact that maybe she did want to make George Lucas's sequel trilogy the way he outlined it. Maybe she wanted to respect that decision that he asked, um, you know, I hope you would honor this and make this, these movies for me. Maybe she did want to do that. But we also have to remember Kathleen Kennedy, while she is the top of the food chain at Lucasfilm, she still has bosses above her. Bob Iger, for example, at the time of the Lucasfilm acquisition, he was running Disney. He was chairman of the board. He was the president of the company. He's the one who made the call to purchase. And while Kathleen didn't know that Lucasfilm was being sold to Disney, Bob Iger also didn't know that the reins of the president of Lucasfilm was being passed on to Kathleen Kennedy. So you had two parties that didn't know that they were being conjoined together. This could have caused major problems because both of them might have had different directions they wanted to take the company, and all of a sudden, they had to merge together and find a way to compromise. But in the end, Bob Iger and the heads of Disney have the final say on what happens to the future of Star Wars. So knowing this going forward, we have to remember, while Kathleen Kennedy does deserve some blame for some of the things that have happened, she also is answering to people that are much higher above her and that she also has to obey some certain rules, some of which she might not even approve of. But we have to remember that without Kathleen Kennedy, we wouldn't have the Star Wars we have today. Now, you might be someone out there who really doesn't like any of the Star Wars that was created by Disney. You could be someone out there who only dislikes certain things about Star Wars under Disney. I, for example, you all know this, I talk about it all the time, I'm so sorry for bringing it up again, I do not like The Last Jedi at all. There's, <laughs> there's nothing about it I like. But I do love The Force Awakens. I do like The Mandalorian. I love the animated series that they've done. There's a lot of stuff I do love about it. But you can still love something and dislike something at the same time. But where do I send my blame, for example, for The Last Jedi? Now, a lot of people assume I would hate Ryan Johnson because of that. I do disapprove of a lot of the things he chose to do in that movie. But my blame does not fall on Ryan Johnson. That does fall on Kathleen Kennedy. Now, this is an example for what I think she should receive criticism for. Because when she was approached by Ryan Johnson to make a Star Wars movie, Ryan Johnson actually came up to her and said, I have an idea for a whole new idea of a Star Wars movie. It doesn't have to do with the Skywalkers. It doesn't have to do with your sequels. It's a new Star Wars movie of a actual new galaxy in this world with all new characters and a whole new story. And she actually said, that's a great idea. Can you implement that into episode eight? And I will give you an opportunity to write a sequel movie. 
Now, if you're in Ryan's position, how in the world are you going to turn that down? You're not. <laughs> you get the opportunity of a lifetime to make a Star Wars movie. And he was also mandated to make a movie that was going to be completely different and subverting expectations of audiences. Now, while I do understand that at the time, Kathleen Kennedy, that is something that she wanted to see. And I do understand why you would want to do that. That's what The Empire Strikes Back did. That's what the prequels did in a way. Well, they failed, a lot of people would say, but that is what the prequels did. She gave him that assignment. And it wasn't his originally intended movie to make, but he made the movie he wanted to make. And they were both very happy with the results. But it didn't please... I would say half of the fan base. I know that might seem a little far-fetched, but I do believe that movie is <laughs> right down the middle of people that do and do not like it. Going back to how you know we wouldn't have the Star Wars we'd have today, while I didn't like The Last Jedi, I do love The Force Awakens. And I, I realized that I would not have The Force Awakens if Kathleen Kennedy was not in charge of Lucasfilm. I wouldn't have The Mandalorian if it wasn't for Kathleen Kennedy's running of the ship. But most importantly, what a lot of fans love is Clone Wars coming back and finishing out the series with Season 7. Now, a lot of people don't know this, but Clone Wars was dead. It was completely dead and never to be revitalized ever again until the fans spoke up and said, They want them to finish Clone Wars, save Clone Wars. There was a hashtag save Clone Wars going around everywhere, and they wanted Dave Filoni to finish it. And Dave Filoni actually said that if it wasn't for Kathleen Kennedy, they would have never gotten the chance to finish the Clone Wars. She had to fight the heads of Disney, not physically. Don't get the the wrong impression. Like a fist fight with Bob Iger. That would actually be really fun to watch. I I would like to see that. But she had to fight with the heads of Disney to be able to make... Clone Wars finally come to an end. And I commend her for that. And it turned out great, and everybody loved it. And she doesn't get the credit for that. Dave Filoni gets most of the credit for that. Yes, he's the creator. But Kathleen Kennedy was the producer on that project, and she should receive equal credit. But she's often in the shadow of her own failures, which is understandable because she is the head of the company. So there are some justifications there, but at the same time, you have to realize that she has accomplishments as well that are hindered by the loud noises of everyone saying that they hate Kathleen Kennedy. You also have to remember she's running a studio. Lucasfilm is technically a studio, which would make her a studio head. She was transitioning from a producer role to a studio head role. Like I said earlier, Kathleen Kennedy is a filmmaker at heart, and she knows how to make a movie. She knows how to bring together a team to make a great product and see it through developmental stages and productional. She was not only running a company when they purchased Lucasfilm, but she was also producing the sequel movies and the spin-off movies and all the TV shows, all while running a giant company that is a leader in visual effects and in animation <laughs> and all of this stuff and answering to Disney. So she was overloaded. And to think that while she was doing all of these things, she was still able to provide us with more Star Wars while we were doing this, I commend her for that as well. Now, again, I'm not saying that we should just, you know, that you should only praise Kathleen Kennedy. I just believe that some people out there don't see 
some of the good that she's done. And I really hope that I don't, this, this episode can bring some light to that. You know, I already mentioned The Last Jedi, and that's really what most of the people blame her for, is The Last Jedi. While you, you can hate that movie as much as you want to, and you can blame Kathleen Kennedy for all of its demise and your hatred, you sh- I think you should still respect all the other good things she has done for the company. You know, she's made them profit over $5 billion from the movies alone. That is very impressive. All while at the same time, um, LucasArts or the, the, um, the FX department of Lucasfilm, they not only do Star Wars movies, they do, they do work on every major motion picture out there. They're the leading in visual effects arts, in CGI and stuff like that. So I think that it's a good thing we do have Kathleen Kennedy in this position. And she, I think she's worked hard for this. And, you know, she fights for Star Wars. And that's what we need in a, in a leadership role such as one at the president of Lucasfilm. We need someone who will fight for Star Wars. Now, a lot of people say she should be replaced with Jon Favreau or Dave Filoni. While I do think that is a very clever compromise there, I, I still believe if Dave Filoni, he's not a business guy. He's a creative guy. You know, if you have, if you take a creative guy out of his creative environment to run a business, you're going to lose all these new stories, ideas, and characters that Dave has in his head because he won't have time for that. So I think he should stay in the position he's at. He's got a great spot. You know, he's now getting into live action, which is another thing that Kathleen Kennedy suggested he do. When John Favreau said he wanted to do a, a Star Wars TV show, immediately the first thing she did was introduce him to Dave Filoni. They were already acquainted, but she said, I want you to work with Dave. And at that point, every time John Favreau wrote a script, he had to run it by Dave Filoni. And Dave would say, okay, this isn't right, this isn't right. And that's why Mandalorian works, because of both of them work together. But there's also that third head, which is Kathleen Kennedy, who makes it all really shine. And we saw her on Thursday at the Disney Investors Day making all the announcements. She's there. She knows what's going on in the company. I mean, she's making all the decisions. So don't listen to people out there that say, oh, she's just kind of hanging about and she has, she doesn't really work on the stuff. She just, she's just like sitting there in her office, not doing anything. Now there is the argument that she doesn't understand Star Wars. I can see that. I do understand why people say that. I, I would agree with that on some level. You know, I, I don't think she is at least was as diehard of a fan as most of us are. You know, I don't think she's going to go out and make a podcast about Star Wars, but um, I do believe she's a filmmaker and a uh, passion about cinema that she does respect Star Wars, and she was a great friend of George Lucas. So I do think she's a fan, maybe not to the degree we had hoped for, but we're never going to have another George Lucas. There's only one. And while <laughs> we do miss him, we have to understand that everything we're going to get from now on is never going to be the same. And it's never going to be the same after Kathleen Kennedy is out either. It's always going to be different. So that's something to look forward to. That's all I have to say today. That's it for the last topic of the day. I hope you all enjoyed this episode. I would love to know your thoughts. Please reach out to me and let me know what you thought of today's episode and what else you want to hear from this podcast. we got a lot of great topics coming up. Um, on last Monday, we did 
a recap on chapter 15 of The Mandalorian. Go check that out. I did it with my co-host, Dean, who also has a new YouTube channel up called Four-Legged Gamer. You should go check it out. He does unboxings and reviews, all with his two puppies. So it's a really great channel to check out. But you can also reach out to me on Instagram and Twitter. Both of those are at Han Talks First. And if you send me a message, I will respond to you. And send me topics or discussions you want to hear about on the podcast or on YouTube. Go check out the YouTube page as well. We do videos every single week. Sometimes we do more than two, but there will always be two videos a week. And we're actually doing our first live stream this week. So if you guys are interested in joining me on the live stream, please come and join us. I will post about it in Instagram, telling you a date and a time where you can come watch. And finally, please consider supporting this channel on a monetary level. I have a Patreon page, which is at Han Talks First. And I also have a tipping page at streamelements.com slash hauntalksfirst. That link is below in the description and also in the description of my bios on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate you guys. You guys are amazing. I've been getting so much love recently and I I can't thank you enough. I, I do this for myself, but also for you guys. I love the community we're building together. I hope we can continue to go forward. So thank you so much for listening. Now, somehow, someway, somewhere this week, may the force be with you.